Hey there, brilliant mama. This week we have so many emotions. My oldest turned five the day we recorded, so we chat about that and his quarantine birthday. Once we get all our feels out about that, we move on to a riveting conversation about Tiger King. Per usual, we were both into the show but came to it with very different lenses. This diverges into a conversation about coping with sheltering in place. We finish up with Zoom stories from Talia and the newest book that I'm reading. Don't forget to... Welcome to Mamosas. Hope you have your friends and your drinks nearby. You're here with Kristen and Talia. And we're here to talk all things mom. We got two subjects for you today, but just in that 11 second intro, I touched my face probably 12 times. So (laughs) I just want to let everyone know that things are not well. We are not well. So today is Nate's fifth birthday. Woo! And I am a wreck. I don't know if you were like this for Sky, but I am an absolute wreck. I went for a run yesterday and I was just like thinking about like him growing up and all like just, you know, all the stuff that he's accomplished and overcome. And I was literally like hyperventilating on my run crying. (laughs) So I don't know. I don't know if it's just because of his fifth birthday or because like we were we kind of had a plan to actually do a birthday party and then we had to cancel it and I'm like feeling bad about it. I mean, he doesn't care. You know, I told him, okay, bud, like, just so you know, I told him like two weeks ago, I'm really sorry. We're gonna have to cancel your birthday party because of this virus. And he goes, I know, mom, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. I mean, like, I'm like, basically like hanging myself out a window, like over it. And he's like, no problem. (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, I definitely I mean, sky turning five. Yes, was definitely a tearjerker for me. I keep looking at her and thinking, like you said, like thinking about all the things that she's accomplished, all the things that she's overcome, how much she's grown. And it's like little things like the other day she was drawing on the whiteboard And she actually drew something that resembled a human as opposed to just like a circle with like lines coming out of it. Or she'll do things that like I didn't know that she could do that just like make me my jaw drop. Like she'll say something or she'll do like like a lot of times it'll be like a math thing. And it's like, oh, she doesn't know. Like like the other day we were playing in the hot tub and I, you know, we were playing school and I said two plus two minus two. And Sky goes. Two. And I was like, what? what you know what as if she was and then she explained it to me because two plus two is four and then if you take two away then you have two left and then she looks at me like what mom because my jaw is obviously like on the bottom of the hot tub you know so it's like little things like that that make me think oh my god she's growing so much and then I just look at her every now and again I'll just say what happened to my baby and she just kind of laughs at me and then I have to like smother her with kisses until she basically is suffocating. Well, I I imagine that, especially for you guys, at certain points, like she was developmentally, or I guess more physically behind. Developmentally, she's always been pretty on track. 
Yeah. So I'm sure seeing that like, oh my gosh, we never knew if you'd be able to do this kind of stuff. And here you are blowing our minds with it. Like, I'm sure that factors in for you guys too. Once she'll do that too, like where she'll do physical things that it's like, like we were outside yesterday or the day before Todd and I, all the days are blending together. P.S. We were outside at some point within the last 72 hours and Sky was inside. And then all of a sudden she go, you hear, oh, mama, we come inside and she has like climbed up to like the top of a chair and is like straddling the top of the chair. And it was like, how did you get up there? Okay. Like, you know, so it's like little things like that. And for like most five-year-olds, like whatever, no big deal. It'd be like if your two-year-old was doing it, like it would be like, oh my God, how did you get up there? You know, but for us, it's, you know, or her like climbing the stairs by herself. It's like, oh, I didn't know you could do that. I feel like she's a great like pretender in some ways of like, I can't do that. But then if like nobody's around, she's like, ugh, ain't nobody got time to wait for you guys, you clowns doing this on my own. I'm going solo. And I think for us, you know, there's, there were, you know, I've talked on here a lot of behavior things. And now that we've sort of got an understanding of what's going on, it's just amazing the stuff that he has accomplished. Like, I just can't believe some of this stuff that he does. Like this morning, he woke up at 3.30 and said, can I go downstairs? And, and Pat was like, no, it's too, you know, it's too early. It's still nighttime. We still have to sleep. And so he went back to sleep. He slept till 7.30, which is like, unheard of for him like totally crazy he came downstairs and was like oh my god like what is happening i'm so over you guys like he wasn't even like jumping off the walls he was just like this teenager rolling in like oh oh brother he's 15 now and then (laughs) we were sitting there at breakfast and pat told me he woke up at 3 30 and i was like oh were you very excited for your birthday he said no i wanted to come empty the dishwasher before everyone woke up oh my god and this is this has been his new thing. He like he likes to empty the dishwasher before we get up, and then he likes to put all the laundry from the dryer into a basket and then carry it upstairs. Oh my god! Did and, he come to our house? And he's like, <laughs> "I'm so strong!" Like he loves to show us how strong he is carrying it up the stairs. But it's so sweet. I mean, it's so sweet. We're not like ever like you have to be doing chores, but we always try to include him, and he just feels like really accomplished doing that stuff for us. So he just says, "I thought it would be nice for you guys," which I love. I mean, it's just so I cute. Just, I just love that. Oh. Sky likes to help load the dishwasher too, but she only will do the the silverware. I gave her a plate one time and basically had like an anxiety attack over the fact that this plate is definitely going to be shattered everywhere. But we have like very we so when we got our plates for our wedding, you know, 9000 years ago, we got these like really heavy ceramic plates and they're all like chipped and horrible and I was like when we eventually decide to light this set on fire and get new dishes, I want like lighter weight more accommodating for all all people like even like Todd's mom it's like if it has food on it it's like it's heavy well we did for our wedding like when we did the registry or whatever we did bed bath and beyond the lady like basically did a demonstration where she like heaved everything against the wall and like set it ablaze and we were like sold (laughs) this this is exactly what we need in our lives (laughs) And now with children, you're like, thank God. All right. Thank God we had the foresight. And but I remember the first time I heard him emptying the dishwashers like a week ago. And I could hear I could hear the dishes. And I was like, oh, my God, I know he's emptying the dishwasher. And I really want to let him do this. And I'm also so I can like feel myself getting really like panicked about 
the coffee mugs. I don't know why. That was like what really worried uh, me. Because they're the most important dishes you have. We also have a million of them. Like he could have easily set half of them on fire and it, we wouldn't even notice. So great. More space in the cupboards. Basically. And, but I was like, it's okay. What happens if he breaks this? Nothing. Actually, nothing happens. Like it's broken. As long as we he throw doesn't it stand out. on the ceramic and get cut. That would be like my big thing is like, don't hurt yourself. Right. But that's like, a, but also like if he drops it and breaks it, he's not automatically going to do a dance on it. Like he knows to walk away from it. Well, that's good. Some kids don't. <laughs> My God. Whenever something breaks in our house, Sky's like, can I see? And we're like, get back. Get back. No. Like he wants to see it, but he knows not to like touch it. Do you know what I mean? So anyway, I, I let him do it. And uh, he did the whole thing. He unloaded the whole dishwasher. We were like, what in the world? So he did that for like How three did days. How reach the mugs? Because I basically have to stand on your counters to get them myself. He, he climbs, just left them on the He climbs up on the counter and then puts them in. So he does what I do. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you guys are about the same height. So I was going to say, Nate and I are probably about the same height by now. I know it's been a while since we've seen him, and I'm sure he's grown since I've seen him. Anyway, we can move on. We just want, I just, you know, it's his birthday, and I'm just having all sorts of feelings. Oh, say what they, uh, t- what you sent, the, you sent this cute picture. Oh my gosh, one of our, okay, so he has this little friend in his class who he loves. I mean, not to get bogged down in the weeds here, but like, he will not say I love you to us. Like, if you say I love you, he says, okay. But if you say like, say I love you, he's like, I love you. Anyway, so we were like talking about his little friend from his class who he plays with. He like is so obsessed with her. He plays with her all the time, all day. We carpool together. Anyway, so this, we've been in quarantine now for three weeks and he hasn't played with her. And he's been like, sometimes he'll like shout to her from, I'm like, get on the other side of the neighborhood. Like, don't go near anyone. Like, I've been very intense about it. And so... You know, he'll shout to her, but he's mostly been okay. I'll say, do you, do you miss your friend? And he says, no, I'm okay. And then I was like, hey, let's make some necklaces, like just as an activity one day. And he goes, oh, I'm going to make a beautiful necklace for my friend. And she, I just love her so much. And I was like, oh, Aww. my God, you're breaking my heart. It was so sweet. I was like, I'm so sorry. But anyway, they made a sign for him and we were sitting in our dining area and we caught them like trying to tape it to our glass door and so he went over to the door and was like talking to her and showing her his different stuff and she was like i made you this it was so sweet my god the picture is just absolutely adorable you know we were kind of talking about this briefly before we started recording we just missed the cutoff sky had her birthday party set for the 14th and the last day of school was the 13th and Todd and I were kind of going back and forth. Do we do this? Do we not? And we just decided we bought all the stuff. We'll just do it. Half of the party had canceled. It was supposed to rain that day. So we had to move the party inside, which already was like another like, Ugh. but we did it. And like nobody touched any anybody and stuff like that. And it worked out. And after everybody left, I sanitized the crap out of everything that everyone touched. And then like the next day, the numbers, you know, started kind of increasing. And I and that's when we like officially shut it down. And I thought, man, we just made it. And I was also like debating, do we go? Do we throw it? Do we not? Do we cancel it? But like Sky was so excited. And I thought, okay, I think this will be okay. Like I felt like I kind of like did one of those like assessments of like, like, how do I feel about this? And then when she got sick a couple days later, I was like, son of a 
through that stupid party and i was like so mad at myself but then it turned out to be an ear infection so it was all okay but which is honestly like the probably the best thing you could have hoped for in that situation is an ear infection yeah yeah and now she's fine you know but like it was so weird because like her she wasn't pulling on her ear her ear didn't hurt anything like that but anyway so we just made it by the cuff of our pant leg and now you know obviously if somebody had the audacity to invite me to a party i would light their house on fire well and we were talking about this too that on that friday the 13th nate didn't go to school that day but like his school still had school he just had uh he had an infection in his arm and he had slept late and i was just like what's the point i mean it's almost spring break where i know that we're about to get sheltered in like i'm not interested in sending you so you can stay home one of the friends in his class was supposed to have a birthday party on that sunday and the mom sent out a text and was like hey the place that they were supposed to have it at canceled and she was like we're still planning to have it at our house uh i understand like whatever is right for your family we totally understand anyone who wants to come. We'd love to have you. And it wasn't going to be big. I mean, there's like eight kids in his class. And on Friday, I was like, 100% we will be there. Like there wasn't a doubt in my mind. It was like, this is crazy. Why wouldn't we be there? And then by Saturday night, I was like, cancel. Like we're not going. And I, I had told Pat that night, I was like, we got to lock it down. We're not going out. You're the only person leaving the house. You can go to work. Like the, we're all here. We're sheltered in. And that was Mm -hmm. about a week before the state had put the shelter in place order in. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it was just crazy how fast everything had changed. And I had had therapy that Wednesday before. So on Wednesday, she checked in. How are you doing with this whole coronavirus? And I was like, who gives a fart? Doesn't affect me. Like, I don't care. And then by Friday, I was like, we're probably going to be home for quite a while. And then by Saturday night, I was like, lock it down. We're going nowhere. Well, and then it was like you were kind of like following this idea of like, are you leaving? Are you not? Like, this has affected your family's yeah, trajectory and, of when you're supposed to leave. Yeah, because we're supposed to move. We haven't really talked about it on here much. But yeah, we're supposed to move, and that's getting pushed back, which is fine. Uh-oh. Ooh, awkward. Well, so this is brings us, it's a perfect segue to talk about what has saved America, nay, the world, from the horrible coronavirus. And that is the Netflix docuseries, Tiger King. Yeah, I mean, Talia... <laughs> Talia was very excited to do an episode about this, which I am fully on board with. And I, I want to preface this with, you know, Talia watched it and she was like, you've got to watch it. It's a train wreck. And I was like, I don't know. It's just doesn't seem like my type of thing. I mean, it's funny. I get the idea. I'm not really like super into it. But all of the memes I was like, I I have to watch this for the memes. But then like after the first episode, I I wasn't so into it the first episode. I was like, I get it. I get the draw. It's a lot of background. Yeah. And I was like, it's not totally for me. But then it was like, I have never gotten a recommendation from Talia that I haven't liked. Like she knows my style. She's not going to recommend something to me that's not going to jive for me. So I'm going to roll with it. And were you so glad that you did? Yeah, I mean, I'm w- I'm willing to get into it, but I want I know that you have like a lot you want to say, so I'm gonna let you. Well, go. okay, so I'll start by saying this. So it started happening where it was like people were posting about Tiger King, like on social media, you know, and then there was this whole like, okay, so there spoilers. So if you haven't watched Tiger King, spoiler alerts coming. But you've probably seen all the memes, so I'm not spoiling anything by saying anything about them. But like there was this whole thing, you know, like I know three like the one that got me was I know three things. Taxes, death, and Carol Baskin killed her husband. And I was like, what? I'm 
I am so interested. And then there were all these pictures and I kept looking at the like the memes and I was like wetting myself, just laughing at the memes. I had no context to them at all. But I was like, these are hilarious. And they and they were like incorporating like school stuff, which I was like, you know, eyeball deep and trying to figure out like at home learning, distance learning, doing stuff online. So like all the memes were just making me wet myself. And I was showing them to Todd Cons. I was like, look this one, look this one. I was just dying. So I thought, okay, I have to watch this. And I kept thinking, this guy looks really familiar. Why does Joe Exotic look so familiar? And I couldn't pinpoint it. And then I started watching. I went, oh, my God. Yes, I remember this in 2016 when he ran for president. I remember watching an episode of Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. And he did this whole episode on Joe Exotic. And I remember watching that back then going, what in the royal hell is this? Like this person actually exists? Like there's no way. And I remember like ad campaigns and just... He was such a character, like a care, like just nobody in their right mind is going to say, yeah, you, I want you like who in the hell does he think he is? So I was like, I'm here for this. Like, and I thought it was just going to be about him. And then, but this whole like Carol Baskin, like killed her husband thing was like lingering in the back. And then like every time she had her husband, like the, the interview with her husband, I was like, wait, is he going to just up and disappear one day? Like, is she like all of a sudden going to be sitting there by herself? Like, so Howard died. Like I was just waiting for that moment. He was such an underrated character in the whole scheme of this show is her husband. Why are there not any memes? I've seen no memes about him. He is so bizarre. Oh, you haven't? Oh, I haven't seen some. any. I'm you so, he's so the underrated. The wedding picture of her like walking him. Oh like, my God. You haven't seen any no, no, memes I, about I that? I have oh. seen that. Because they showed it on the show. But I'm saying, like, there's a lot about Doc, which is, like, I don't need, uh, like, I sort of understand, like, his purpose in the show, which is just to be, like, in the realm of this crazy world of tiger zoos, he's sort of normal. I mean, not really. But comparatively to, like, these two lunatics. His, har- his harem. Right. So I guess, like, but otherwise, I don't know what purpose Doc serves. Meanwhile, her husband is... I mean, just such an amazing character. I just feel like he's so undervalued in the whole scheme of the show. He's just the the cringe value of him is an 11. I mean, that scene of her, like there was a scene of her standing on her porch and him singing to her and they're videotaping it. And he's and he's like serenading her with this like melodious tune and he and it's not good. And she's just standing there watching him. And I'm like, when is this going to be over? I just want to tell you my favorite part of the whole, the whole obnoxious, ridiculous show was when, you know, I'd see her like riding her little bike, like the scenes of her riding her bike. And I was like, this is so weird. Like she just looks strange on it. There's something about this that looks strange. And then whenever he was like, she's like the wicked witch of the West on her little bike. I was like, that's it. I mean, I literally yeah. can't think of a better analogy than that. And then every time after that that they showed her, I was like, this is the music. I mean, if nothing like, else, he brought the best analogy of my life. I mean, good for him for recognizing that. 
He did have some very good analogies. He did. And I mean, yeah, but I agree. He was definitely the cringe fest at 11. There was so anyway, so I started watching it and I was after the first episode, I thought, okay, this is a lot of backstory. This is a lot of getting to know your characters. This is setting up, you know, your foundation. Like I thought of it like an improv scene. It's like, okay, this is like setting up the foundation. You need to know who these people are. You need to know a little bit about them. You need to know that this woman got her arm ripped off by a tiger and like went to work like four days later, you know, all this stuff. You just like, okay, like these are the people, you know, Joe Exotic hires ex-cons and meth heads. Doc Antle has a harem of women and Carol Baskin has volunteers that she doesn't pay. Okay, cool. Got it. And then it's like, and then it becomes this like murder mystery, like intrigue. And that's where I was just like, oh, I'm in this because I don't know if anybody else has watched the show Snapped, which is on, I think, the Oxygen channel. And basically Todd is like, I don't understand how you like this show. And I was like, it just they I think people just intrigue me. I think that's what it comes down to. It's like people just intrigue me. The show Snapped is all about women who snap and kill their their husbands. And it's like this whole like crime, like, like mini, like an hour long episode of a woman who was just like snapped, killed her husband, tried to get away with it and obviously did not. I probably could watch that. I've had to like really not do true crime anymore. I, like I realized it was, you know, because like safety is like safety, anxiety yeah. and blah, blah, whatever. And so I realized like, oh, my true crime obsession is not helpful. And mm-hmm. why don't I stop feeding that? But I, I feel like well, women killing their husbands. I mean, I know if I'm going to kill my husband or not. So I don't like that's not right. a fear that I have to have. Well, and that's what I told Todd. I said, this doesn't scare me because I know that I am not I don't have that capacity. Like there's always like something about this person beforehand that you're like, oh, yeah, she's kind of crazy. This could happen where it's like, I know that's not me. But so anyway, so that was like with Tiger King. That was what really got me was just this like human intrigue of like, there was so much. It was like, you know, these men that were coming to, you know, see, be with Joe Exotic, who were like, obviously drug addicts and like were straight men who were marrying him or like these harems of women that were coming to live with Doc Antle and like sleep with him. So that way they could be part of the tiger show. Or, you know, why on earth people thought that Carol Baskins was the Mother Teresa of Tigers when she basically was doing the exact same thing as Joe Exotic and almost actually worse because at least he was paying his employees, although he's paying them garbage. I was very, I I am confused by that aspect of it because I, I thought about that a lot while I was watching the documentary. Like, okay, so she's saving tigers or doing whatever she's doing in her mind. Mm-hmm. But then, like, they do seem to be in a much smaller cage and all that. But then also, what is she supposed to do when she saves them? I mean, she can't release them into the wild. They don't know how to hunt. So if she's saving them, what is she supposed to do with them? I mean, I just don't know. So the whole concept, in theory, is that, you know, tigers are bred and they're cubs. And they have this, like, short little window where, you know, you can make a lot of money off of them because, like... I mean, yeah, who wouldn't want their picture with I a cute would little tiger cub? Fully take a picture with a tiger cub and hang out with it if I knew that it, I wasn't going to get hurt. Yeah, I mean, like, who wouldn't? But then once they get to be, like, past a certain age, then they get bigger, then they get a little more intimidating, then they get a little scarier, and people don't want to necessarily be around them. And then after they get to a 
like an older age, they can't perform or whatever anymore. And that's when, you know, the whole theory is, oh, people are just, you know, getting rid of them because you can't make any money off of them. Right. Okay, so she's saving them from like getting shot at 10 weeks old. Right. So she's basically like, oh, I'll I'm taking them and I'm giving them a life until they die essentially. But like the cages she had, like they would show the cages of her, like where they would go to eat. And they this like little itty bitty, like nothing to like stick their head into to get water from. And that was like know. before it was pointed out. I mean, Joe Exotic eventually points that out. But even before that, I was like, it was just confusing to me. And I totally acknowledge that. Like, I obviously don't know anything about the tiger zoo breeding, whatever world. All I know is whatever I just watched on this show, which means I know nothing still but I just I was watching it and I was like I'm confused so she's helpful but like these cages look smaller just confused by the whole situation yeah so and I mean I think you can spin it anyway I think she's a really good manipulator like I think she's really good I mean obviously she has like hundreds maybe even thousands of people who basically think that she's God's gift to tigers and so therefore they're willing to volunteer their time to help her or whatever so she's obviously a really good at manipulating people I felt so bad for her late husband's kids yeah. And wife. And what? Yeah. And the wife probably was with him for, you know, eons of years. I mean, it was so interesting watching the wife because you could see just like from their setting and their poise, like, okay, these are some different class people. Like these are two different yeah. classes of people. I feel like she was just like, this is so stupid. Like what in the world is going on? This crazy banshee comes in, takes my husband and then takes all my kids money. And like, I just can't even be bothered. That was like the impression I got from like, just kind of her posture and like the way she talks. She's like, yeah, it's crazy. I'm not here for it. Goodbye. (laughs) Well, yeah, she definitely was higher class than, you know, everyone else in the show. For sure. I mean, but it was just crazy. And this is and the sad thing is, is that this happens so many times in so many ways. And like, nobody talks about it, you know, where a person has a family, they've been with somebody for like 40 years, some young 20 something year old comes and they're like, Ooh, yeah, okay. And then (laughs) I'm also like, when we were watching the story about how he met Carol Baskin, I was like, this can't be a real story. Like, she got into a fight, and so she's out walking by herself, okay, at night, uh, mm, fine, I mean, people do it, I get that not everyone's on my level, but also then, like, this guy stops and is like, hey, you want to get in, and you're like, no. And she was like, okay. Well, she was like, no, and then he was like, you can hold the gun to me, and it's like, like, I get that, I guess that could be comforting, but no thanks, I mean, like, why are you offering that? Uh, How are you meeting this person that you're marrying by being like, oh, there looks like some really depressed chick walking down the street. I'd love to pick her up for a ride. I mean, how is that a thing? I literally can't wrap my (laughs) mind around this. Like, it is that, if if we're being honest, probably the craziest part of the whole story. I don't understand how you meet a person that way and then you marry them. I mean, I just, What? I can't, I cannot even like, I can't cope with that part of the story. That part definitely was very bizarre. So I kind of, so I tried to get Todd on board to watch it. So I got Kristen and and Pat kind of got like dragged down into it and he wasn't into it at all. And I kept saying, just 
keep watching, and then you guys made it through the series. So Todd eventually said, okay, I'll watch. I'll give it an episode. And knowing the first episode is a lot of backstory and foundation, I was like, Ugh. So anyway, so we're watching it. And the whole time we're watching it, he's just making this face like, confused slash disgusted slash not into it. I can just tell like he's not into this. And then afterwards we had this like conversation about it. Cause he was like, I'm not interested in watching anymore. And I said, why not? And he goes, it just depresses me. Like this makes me sad. Like I feel so sad for these tigers. These people are all morons. And he goes, there's no protagonist. Like who am I rooting for? Who am I rooting for in this? These are all horrible people. And I was like, for the tigers. And he's like, no, I mean, yeah, I guess, but like that I obviously like they're not getting redemption anytime soon. Like and he goes, I just don't understand how people are so like he so for me, you know, I'm watching it going, "Oh my god, how can these people be such train wrecks? I'm here all the popcorn. I want to watch it like the slow burn." And Todd's like, "It's too depressing. These people are horrible. Ain't nobody got time for that. I don't want to waste my time watching something that makes me feel like a bad like just makes me feel bad." Well, and it feels, you know, I'm not quite on as far over as Todd is, but like I did feel like almost elitist watching it and like laughing at it. You know, like I got through the first episode and I was like, whatever, this is a train wreck. And then I get to the second episode. I don't remember what happens at the end of the second one, but that's when I was like, all right, I'm I'm kind of hooked in here. And then like episodes three and four, I was like, oh, my God, this is bananas. Like, this is so crazy. I'm in. Maybe even episode five. I don't know. And then once we kind of like got over to like the campaigning and stuff, I was like, this is so depressing. Like we, I am literally just watching this to laugh at this person who just like is not self-aware enough to know that this is so absurd. And I just like, I kind of like got to Todd's level where I just felt like bad about myself for like watching these people to laugh at them like it just felt very elitist for me and then by like the end of it I was like what did I watch like what did I like what did I gain from this and so then I watched like you're gonna love this so then afterward we watched the Ruth Bader Ginsburg documentary and now we're watching the Bill Gates documentary I was just like I have to like cleanse myself (laughs) to cleanse my palate what was so funny because just like the the timing of this I think is just Like, the timing was so perfect. Did it just come out, though? Or is it more like it's been out for a little bit and then everyone got, like, sheltered in place? It came out in, like, middle end of March. There is literally, I'll have to send it to you. There's literally a meme of, like, Trump is standing there and somebody's whispering. It's like they're whispering to each other. And it's like, sir, the pandemic is getting, you know, insane. What should we do? And then Trump says release the tiger show or something. I mean, it's like, that's the joke is like, you know, one thing that I can appreciate about this, like for me, was that it took my mind off of what was happening. Like I didn't, I wasn't obsessing. I mean, I'm still definitely like checking the news all the time and I'm following like our county's, you know, amount of cases and stuff like that. But this was something that I could, you know, my brain could take a little vacation from. Yeah. And then, of course, like, I'm here for all the memes. Like, I'm just, I love a good meme. I mean, it really, the memes that have come out of the show have been amazing. There's a graph. I think the graph 
And then the homeschool one that you sent me are my favorite. I can't repeat the homeschool one in here, but the graph one is so funny because it talks about how like one of the lines is like something about tigers. Like you're, you're like wanting love, love for tigers or something like that. It's like your want, your desire for tigers to be free. And it shows it like kind of steady, like across. And then it sort of like loops up and then like spikes up by the end of the, by the end of the season. But my favorite one is that like, is the one that says, wow, these songs aren't that bad. Because the other thing is, like, he also wanted to be a country singer. Yeah, he's a country music person, which, by the way, he's not, like, Todd's like, that's not him singing. I'm like, of course it's not singing. That's what makes it even more hysterical. It's just crazy. I mean, watching it, watching the videos, I don't know. I mean, I will say overall, it mostly depressed me. I understand that that's probably not the take most people are taking. But it just, man, I think it's because I'm like, I'm laughing at, wow, people like this exist. But then it's like, yeah, you're you're laughing because people like this exist, but people like this exist. Like, it just feels mm-hmm. so elitist for me to be, like, laughing at people who are different than me. I mean, I think that... Wah, wah. I mean, it's very, very Mother Teresa of you. It's true. <laughs> like, I mean, granted, absolutely, it's not... It's not in good taste to be like, oh, my God, you're so dumb. I just like for me, it's more of like, oh, my like, it's just like so intriguing to me. And I think it's a very Cal. I mean, obviously, you're not from California, but like, you know, originally. But this feels like very California e to just be like so judgmental of like, oh, my gosh, this country bumpkin from the south with his tiger farm Oh my God, with their seven teeth combined amongst 20 people and their meth. I mean, just, but I mean, yeah, and these people are real. But I think for me, it was just so nice to kind of like, I had just finished the Netflix series Love is Blind, which was another just such a train wreck. But, you know, and this one character was just so almost unwatchable. Like, she was so obnoxious, she was so annoying. And then, I mean, there was another great meme about that girl. And she says, like, I'm the most hated person on the Internet. And then there's Carol Baskins. And it just says, hold my beer. I mean, it's like. I I will say, too, because I hadn't seen this on the memes. But the first time that she said, hey, all you cool cats and kitties, I lost my mind. I mean, that was like one of the funniest things I have ever heard come out of somebody's mouth in a non-ironic way. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Oh my gosh, I can't handle it. I mean, and there's so many great memes about like the schooling one that I sent you. And they're still coming out. Like they're, you know, every day when I go on social media, there's a new Tiger King meme that I haven't seen. Because I feel like I've probably seen them all by now. And and I haven't. (laughs) I mean, I think my barrier is like, I, I can feel that I'm just like very emotional right now. And feeling so like, sad for this kind of stuff for like people. And I'm sure like, I'm sure if I watched this, like, in a normal situation where we weren't like sheltering in place, and I'm having all these like, crazy, I don't know what like, I'm not generally like a severely empathetic person like I don't I don't consider myself like an overly empathetic person and I'm just I am like overflowing with empathy for like people and it's 
and I think it's just like that. That so that's like the lens that I was like seeing the show through at this point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I wonder too. Like, yeah, we're sitting in here in our you know warm house. We still have a paycheck coming in. We're laughing at the show. But is somebody in the Midwest that's maybe not having all those luxuries that lives kind of close to this? Like, are they laughing? Or are they like, oh, that's my cousin? Why are we laughing yeah. at this? This is like heartbreaking for my family. I mean, maybe they are laughing. I don't know. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I did read an interview from Joe Exotic via prison, and he is loving the fact that he's become famous. That, that Everyone else, Doc Antle and Carol Baskins were like, slander, you misrepresented us. This is not how it is. And Joe Exotic, meanwhile, is like, I'm famous, which is basically what he wants. I mean, I think, I mean, that's why he ran for president. He just wanted to become famous. Like, he just wants all the fame. That was the thing, too, like the campaign. I think that's when I really like turned from like, this is pretty entertaining to like, I am fully, fully crying about how absurd this is. Like that he like really put, I mean, first of all, that he probably didn't even understand embezzlement. Like he probably wasn't even actually like actively embezzling. What what am I, consciously. He probably wasn't consciously embezzling money. Probably just thought like money comes in and money goes out. This is what I'm going to use it for. Like, it probably, like, it wasn't even a conscious decision. But additionally, like, the fact that he just, like, really genuinely probably did think, like, this is a real possibility. I can just run for president of the United States with no political background. And this is just, like, a thing that people can do. And it's possible that I could be elected. I mean, somebody did do that. Right, but but there is a difference, right? Like he's still, oh yeah, because he's he still like, a businessman, and like it's different. But there's, but it's not like it. It's I, I don't know how to explain it. Like, well, no, because Joe Exotic came out and was like, "I'm gay. I'm a gun-toting, tiger-owning country singer, and I don't give a fart about what you think about me or my lifestyle. And I'm running for president." And it's like. Okay. And like, with what background? You don't have a successful business. You know, like, Trump, like, yeah, he's no, like, he's not everyone's favorite, obviously. I mean, I don't think that's like a shock to anyone. But he does have like, he a business background. So he has, you know, like, which, again, I get that it's different, but there's still politics to business. Yeah, you can't have a successful business if you're not a good politician. That is true. I would probably agree with you on that. So well, 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 table that for now that because that's a whole nother I have discussion no interest in into. having a political and discussion. I don't want to have yeah and yeah. I don't want to have that discussion so we're gonna <laughs> but I'm just saying it one. just seems it just seems like depressing to me that he I think it was like and then the John Oliver thing I was like we're just laughing at this guy like publicly anyway I, I just like publicly. I'm just having a lot of emotions right now Nate turned five it's just she doesn't even go here I just have a lot Shelter. of emotions <laughs> Oh, man. Well, yeah, I, I, it's hard. You're right. I mean, there's so much happening around us and not necessarily like there at this point, everyone probably knows someone who knows someone who has been like positive or been affected by this virus in some way, shape or form. Like we had yesterday, we had ambulances and fire trucks taking our neighbor, and I have no idea why. Yeah, I mean, it could be something as simple as a broken leg, but great. Now you have to go to the emergency room. 
you're going into yeah. the hospital. Do they have the capacity to even deal with this right now? Or is the hospital overrun? Yeah, I mean, we had, so Sky had infusions to do on Friday, and we had a home health care nurse come who we've had before. And I was very excited that we didn't have to go into UCLA. But at the same time, I was thinking, oh, my God, this nurse has been in the hospital. True. Has she been around it? And she was very reassuring. So at the hospital where she works, they have a whole wing set up for COVID-19 that like the people that work there do not have clearance to go anywhere else in the hospital. Like that's where you are. That's where you stay. And they're putting those doctors and nurses up in hotels so that way you don't have to go home. And then she works on like the opposite end of the hospital in the pediatric wing where they have had no like exposure. And that's it's the pediatric oncology wing. So like she's like, we're so far away from it. But I was like, and she still took all of the precautions. You know, she washed her hands like a ton of times, gloves, mask the whole time, all that stuff. This is also something that I've been having a lot of like empathy for is people who have germ OCD or anxiety. I can't, I, I mean, I just, I can't imagine how hard it must be because that is not something that worries me. I don't, I'm like, go look at trash can. Like, I don't care. I mean, my kids just get into so much disgusting stuff and I literally don't care. And like, I'll be with other parents who are like, oh my God, don't touch that. And I'm like, oh, do we have to care about this or whatever? And I can see my, I'm like, okay, we like come in, wash your hands, soap and water, sing the ABCs. Like you touch the mailbox. I want to spray you down with some Lysol. Like don't touch anything. Like we go on a bike ride. Don't even look at things. Don't breathe near them. Like I am going to spray you down, set all your clothes on fire. My hands are starting Mm -hmm. to get dried out from washing them. And I... And it's just, it is not how I normally operate. So to know that I'm having this kind of reaction, I can't imagine how hard it is for somebody who has German health, anxiety, and OCD. I mean, it's just going to be so overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, yeah. I I would imagine. We knew somebody, there was an improviser who I used to improvise with who was OCD germaphobe, and he's not alive anymore, but... I, I always think about him like, oh, my God, he would just be like frozen in time, like just I can't touch, do anything. Well, like in any time something enters our house, I'm like, it yeah. needs to go in a very specific place and then light that part of the house on fire. I mean, I've been bleaching like so much. <laughs> we get packages like so we got a bunch of like Sky's medical stuff. And then we've gotten some like Amazon things like Todd ordered new lights for our house anyway. But like a package comes and it's like it stays outside like you we open it the contents inside the box go into the garage where they get like wiped down and sanitized before they even enter the house I mean that's what we've been doing yeah it's just very it's just it's just hard I mean I just I I can see how hard it is for how I'm adapting so I just I have a lot of empathy for people who already have like a pre-existing germ phobia yeah or like people who don't like I was we were talking about New York and how like you know, New York is being affected and stuff like that. And I said, well, look at how we bring stuff in. So Todd went to the grocery store the other day and did like a big haul and we'll be set for like probably hopefully like three weeks or something. But like he drove up to our house. We opened the garage door. We had a whole area set up to like sanitize things before they went inside. I was like people that live in New York that like you know, they share an elevator with like their building or, you know, they walk past like a bazillion doors. Like, you know, they're just a lot tighterly like 
it's just more densely populated. Like, you know, we're more spread out. Yeah, I mean, that's probably how it spread so fast initially. I have family right in New York City, and they have a very, very strict procedure for how they deal with groceries. They get it delivered. Their doorman brings it up the elevator, leaves it outside the elevator. One of the people takes it, brings it to the apartment, the other person, and then they wear gloves and hand they bleach they like sanitize it and hand it to the other person who puts it away but even yeah, that that's you know do. but that's still privileged right i mean not everyone has right. a doorman right you know so it's not like everybody has that capacity to have kind of you know i think a lot of people are getting stuff delivered and that's helping but not everybody has that option totally well think about the people that are on food stamps that have to wait to like the first couple of days of the month to get food and if like i mean people were posting on social media you know do not go shopping april 1st through april 4th if you can help it this is when people are able to utilize their food stamps. And if you see a sticker that says, you know, this, that's for people who, you know, can get these items. Like they're limited in what they can get. Or like people that live by themselves that are elderly. I mean, there's all, look, like the list goes on and on. Like I agree with you. I think it's totally true that we can sit on our cloud of privilege and watch these things and laugh at people. And sometimes, you know, that's something that like, I know for me, like, I sometimes need that. Like when we were in yeah. the hospital, like I like I need something to distract me from all of this. Like I need to not live in my little bubble of like fear and anxiety of like, oh, my God, you know, OK, we're going to take Sky outside. OK, hazmat suit. OK, check. It's just like I think that it is fine for people to cope by watching this. I don't think that people are bad for thinking it's fun or thinking it's funny. And I don't expect people to have the same reaction that I have. I think that we all have different reactions to things. And again, I can just tell that I'm like feeling a lot more emotional than I'm used to right now. So I just, you know, that's obviously why I reacted that way to it. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, I definitely think that it definitely takes you on a ride of like, what is this? Oh my God, I'm in to like, and then when it's done, well, that was kind of depressing. I mean, it fully follows like when you're in school and it's like intro, climax, summary. Except there wasn't really a summary. It was just like. Conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. We're, what in the world? Okay. I guess ugh, it's still a little getting kind of depressed now and it's done. Okay. And scene. And it, I don't feel like there was a resolution. No, he's in prison and everybody else is going about their business and life goes on. I have seen, though, now that people are like, oh, now that his story's been made public, people are like, you know, he was framed. I mean, oh, my God, that one guy, his business partner, the disgust. Uh, he was probably the worst human being on there with his pregnant wife. Can't wait to get you back in the gym. It's like, ugh, vomit. I legitimately got like nauseous when he said that I was like I can't like this is one of those things where like you live in your bubble you know we've been having these like diet culture conversations and I'm like people aren't like this people say this you know you'll see this don't don't tell your kid they're overweight I'm like who says that to their kid people say that and then like I see it in the flesh and I'm like you live in such a bubble Kristen I mean this is how a lot of people are Yeah. Oh, my God. This whole we're going to I'm going to pick the nanny and he picks this like like, you know, really attractive, young smoke show. 
because he wants to get some. And he's like, you're fat, tubby. I know you're carrying my child, but get your lard ass back to the gym. Just unbelievable. Like, eh. Yeah, He was the worst. I uh, Yeah, he was... He was definitely the worst human being on there. So anyway, if you haven't watched it and you want to go for an emotional roller coaster ride, do yourself a favor. It's worth the watch. <laughs> it's I think it's still worth the watch. I think I just the my mentality sort of changed from like, oh, I'm laughing at this to like, I am severely sad right now, which just <laughs> happens to me. OK, like I just I it have these reactions where sometimes. You are right now because I like when Todd said that, it kind of was like, oh, I kind of had this moment of, oh, okay, I can see where you're coming from. Because I, the whole time was watching it was like, next, next episode, I don't care that it's midnight, I'm here for the next episode. Like, what? I think I got through it in like three days. I mean, I do think that is the typical reaction to it. Yeah. And I think that's fine. Uh, I was thinking, do, have you been consuming any media besides Zoom? My gosh, I've been so... Just uh, my online training for my digital learning. Good times. Okay. Yeah, uh, but mostly Zoom. I've been doing Zoom with... Uh, I Zoomed with my students, which was awesome. That, like, made me so happy. And then I've been having, like, meetings on Zoom with, like, t other teachers. And, and then we had an improviser Zoom meeting last night where, like, a bunch of improvisers we all just got on there for like you know cocktails and show and tell and Sky got very excited because I was like oh we'll do a show and tell and she was like okay and so she brought this like little doll and like she's sitting there and everyone's like coming on and like saying hi and she's sitting there like when are we doing the show and tell can I show my doll now like and I was like okay Sky really wants to do her show and tell and so she like shows the doll and then she's like peace out and then she's like mom can you get off of there now and I was like oh my god so yeah we've been doing a standing zoom meeting with my dad's side of the family on Sundays. Oh, fun. So that's been okay. pretty entertaining. So Pat's mom is a teacher. I mean, she's retired. Mm -hmm. she, I feel like you're just always a teacher. So What's she's, teacher? yeah. So she's been doing story time with like all the grandkids, like, but oh, individually. So she like picks out oh. books like specifically for like Nate and Finley and okay. then does like story time with them in teacher mode. So it's really cute. That'd be fun though to do. Although there's a pretty significant age range that she has with the grandkids. But I was gonna say that'd be cute to do like everybody. Yeah, I mean, and we probably could do that. We did it. We did um, just we mute everyone. <laughs> we did FaceTime or Facebook Messenger like video chat with his whole family. And that was very chaotic, which obviously it just is like there's a lot of kids, but also yeah. I think I mean I don't know if it was like because of the time of day that it was, but but when I did the Zoom chat with my family, I also put the boys in front of a movie, and I was like deuces, like this is my time, goodbye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you can also like mute it, like when you're when somebody else is talking, which I think like I've been doing that with Sky. Like if Sky comes the other day Todd was doing something for his parents and I had a zoom meeting with teachers and he was supposed to be back at a certain time before it started and he wasn't. So I was like, all right, I'm going on this zoom meeting and I just put myself on mute and sky basically didn't realize that it was muted. And so she was like hamming it up behind me. She was like pulling out all her toys and like showing them to people. She had her recorder out and she was like playing her recorder. And I was like, Oh my God. And everybody's like, sky, sky, look at you. And I was like, we're on mute. <laughs> shut it down <laughs> yeah i i mean it has been fun doing that and we did a group facetime like 10 days ago that was fun so oh, yeah. but the thing we is we were talking about this yesterday too is that like 
you know, Pat was like, I don't understand when people text me and they're like, do you want to FaceTime? Like, what else am I doing? Why just FaceTime me? And I was like, look, the introvert in me like really needs the mental prep. Like if you just FaceTime me, 90% chance I am not picking it up. If you send me a text and ask me, would you like to FaceTime? I have time to mentally prepare. (laughs) Well, you like, I think it was an accident, but you like tried to FaceTime the group a couple of times, like a couple of days ago. That was probably a butt dial. Yeah, I was like, you're. I was like, I'm 99% sure. I'm like, Kristen's not initiating a FaceTime phone call. Not without at least. <laughs> Although like... you know me, I'm like, yeah, I'm down. Oh, what's that? Yeah, I'm sitting on the toilet. Anyway, hi, how's it going? I do think you have actually picked up FaceTime on the can before. Multiple times with multiple. I mean, not with like. I'll I'll only do that with certain people. I did have a a Zoom meeting going on and Sky needs to go to the bathroom. And so I took her to the bathroom, but I turned the computer so you couldn't see that she was sitting on the toilet. But I was like 99% sure I would be that person. Like there's that horrible, you know, don't be like this person who took the computer into the bathroom, put it down facing the toilet, pulls her pants down and just like goes for it. It's like, oh God, don't be that person. But yeah, no, like Sky's sort of getting into it. You know, her, her attention span for it obviously is not super strong. But, you know, so she got very excited when we said that we could FaceTime or Zoom with Nate and play Guess Who. Todd, on the other hand, had a really hard time conceptualizing what it was going to look like because you can put the cards in in any order. And I was like, it doesn't matter. We have the same characters. And he's like, yeah, but if they're not in the same order, then how will we know, like, how to play? And I was like, what does that have to do with anything? And then I said, Todd, are you memorizing where the people are in the game? I said, the blue side and the red side have different orders of people. Like, they're not in the same order. And he goes, they're not. And I said, no. And all that matters is that the kids don't have both have the same person. Like, that's the only thing. If we both have Alex, then obviously... I mean, I guess you could still play that way where you have the same character. Yeah, I guess it doesn't really matter. Like, but I was just like, what? I was so baffled. And then he was just looking at me like, yeah. I mean, I was like, I I don't even know where to take this conversation. I was like, guess who was made for this? I was like, the people that are playing card games, like go fish and stuff like that. I guess I could see how you could maybe like pull it off, but it'd be tricky. Like you can't, I can't take a card out of your hand through the computer. Guess who on the other hand, like you can't get a better game for playing via FaceTime. Yeah, I mean, truly your, your point of having the same character is really the only hang up. And also it actually doesn't affect the integrity of the game. Yeah, you could both have Alex and still play the game. I mean, it. And I think he eventually got it, but I was like, oh my God, this is, I've never had you be so dumb before. Like you've never had such a dumb, I mean, like I'm riddled with dumb moments. I feel like I get them all the time. And Todd's just like looking at me like slow blink crickets, like you'll, she'll get there. And I'm like, oh, but he was just not getting, I was like, are you serious? Like what? How are you playing Guess Who? Like, what's... Also, why are you memorizing the cards against a five-year-old? Just my question, real quick. Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, um, okay. <laughs> All right, well, we should probably wrap it up. Uh, the media that I'm consuming is I finally finished Playful Parenting. Oh, Mazel Tov. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. Obviously, I've raved about it like 80, times. We are building our website, so hopefully we'll have that up in the next year. And I am now currently reading Siblings Without Rivalry. So Excellent. if anyone cares, that's my next book. 
And I'm consuming worldometers because that's where I get the, my updated numbers on coronavirus. Worldometers. Okay, I have to check that out. Yeah, I've been I've been obsessed with VC emergency, which is basically just Ventura County. But what I like about it is it breaks it down by like the county and then by like the cities in the county. So that I can see like, okay, how many cases does Ventura have? And I was looking at comparatively Monterey. I mean, this number could be totally wrong, but it looked like your numbers like just like last time I looked, it was like 50 something. Yeah. I don't know how. I mean, people are still cavorting. So I, I get our whole yeah. neighborhood is probably going to go up in flames soon. <laughs> Stay tuned. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you.